if it's somebody that matters to you and you care about investing that relationship, if it's someone you're not going to ever see again, yeah, maybe you're not going to invest the time. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never, ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Personal Development Without the Fluff. I have an awesome guest here with us today. I'm very excited. Uh, We're going to be talking about truth today and truth speaking and why it's so difficult and how to do it better to improve relationships, life, et cetera. So first, I just want to welcome David Wood to the show. Thank you, Alan. And I'm committed to zero fluff. Zero fluff. (laughs) That's that's part of speaking truth, right? Zero fluff. Interesting enough, as we said that, I was just thinking I was telling David that right before I was speaking to a friend of mine, and that was one of the things we were talking about. But before we jump into all that stuff, why don't you give people a little bit about you and how you got here, why truth speaking is so important to you? Sure. Well, I started life as a consultant on Park Avenue, and uh, life was going pretty well. I was consulting to Sony Music and Exxon and Ford, some big name companies about money and risk and I thought I had it worked out, but it seemed I, I didn't. If we go back to when I was younger, I had a tragedy when I was little and I, my younger sister died in a traffic accident and I witnessed it. And I didn't realize that what had happened is I got really good at all the left brain activity and successful at business, but I missed the personal growth, emotional intelligence, vulnerability, connecting with people. I didn't know anything about that. So at the age of 24, Three, I embarked on a journey of therapy, going to personal growth courses. I found out about coaching and got hooked because I changed somebody's life overnight with something I said. I'm like, whoa. So I spent the last 25 years developing that part of myself that I'd missed and balancing myself as a human being. And as I discover all those, these wonderful things that I'm still discovering every day, I just naturally want to pass that on to people. I'm a communicator and trainer and speaker, so I can't help it. I'm like, hey, I discovered this this morning. Does that help? It does? Great. Run with it. Go enjoy. So now I'm a coach. I started coaching just everybody as a coach to work out who I wanted to work with. And then I've been gravitating towards high performers. They're already successful in their career or their business in a number of areas, but they're always looking, how do I get the most out of my life? and my business. And I was looking to up level and they're really fun to work with. Yeah. When you were consulting for Sony and Exxon and things like that, what were you consulting them on? The broader sense was risk management. Like as an actuary, my job was to look at risk, but specifically we were dealing with pension funds spread around the world. Mm. So how do you take 
pension funds in 30 different countries where they've got their operations and create some cohesion, create cost savings. What do you do when someone moves from one country to another? It's like a nightmare. So we were consulting on international benefits. So you went from a world of logic, linearity, and numbers to the world of spirituality, coaching, and personal development. To a world that includes both. Because I didn't give up business, and I, I, don't, I don't suggest that people give up money and business success, and I love it. I, I, I rave about branding and business, and I, I love all that stuff. But let's do both. Yeah. I find that if people just want a business co- want their business to be better, they should go and find someone that just does business. If they want to work on their relationship, find someone who just does that. The people who come to me seem to be the people who want someone who can hold both spheres. Yeah. And how they, I just got off the phone with a VP at a big company and he said, I'm the same person at home as I am at work. And I, I say I draw a line, but I can't really. And the two interconnect. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's so interesting that uh, most of the people we, we work with, those same type of people, it's like very interesting that people have this thing where they compartmentalize their life. They get to show up at work. They're this. They get to show up at home. They're this with wife or husband, this kids, this family, that it's sometimes very interesting to start to like break apart those walls, the imaginary walls that they have and really have them start living kick ass in, in all areas. Yeah. And I just realized you're right in what you said. I corrected you, but you're right. I did leave that business world for the personal development world. And then later I started including business again. Yeah. Um, and that, that seems to be a, a sweet spot. Yeah. Just a personal question. And if you don't feel comfortable answering it, feel, feel free to tell me. I'm willing to be uncomfortable, so I'm likely to answer it. Great. I, um, you know, when, when you mentioned that uh, bit about watching your sister die in an accident, I know that that obviously is, you know, one of those like core traumas that, that one lives with. And we have all these strategies, obviously, to survive things because we're humans and we adapt. I'm curious what you, when you started kind of seeing your personal development growth and path, what were some of the things that you noticed? Because I feel like obviously that's, that's its own trauma and trauma's trauma. So like maybe there's something that you can share that was a huge life kind of aha awakening moment that you saw, wow, I bottled this up inside for a long time and now this gave me access to X. Yeah, well, where, where it manifested is trouble for me because back then we didn't know about PTSD where it manifested is when I was 18 and I had my first relationship, I kept breaking up with her Yeah, and I break up and then I'd miss her and I would get back. And after the eighth time I was in the U S traveling with a friend and we're in Colorado, which is where I live now in Colorado. And I just had this picture of her bouncing on the bed, just being really happy. And I was like, I felt love for her, but I didn't know that's what I felt. I'm just like, and I said to my friend, oh my God, I'm missing her and I want to get back with her. And his face, if you could have seen his face, he just went, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Like her family hated me. Six or seven times. Yeah, her family hated me. Her friends hated me with good reason. So what I did is I went to a psychiatrist and mm. I said, I need help. What mm. is happening? Do I love her? Do I not? What's going on? 
And he was able to help. He said, I believe based on what you've told me, we've just done an intake session that you've never grieved properly for your sister. Yeah. You've had a complicated grief reaction. You've bottled up a lot of feelings. He said, I think you are a sensitive guy because I told him I'm not. And he said, I think you are. And that's why you're having trouble. So I grew up as a tough Aussie, you know, basically someone who doesn't really have emotions and didn't cry as a kid. And my psychiatrist helped me to go back and uncover a lot of feelings and find out that I actually do love very strongly and deeply. And I ended up going back to that woman and said, look, I know what I've done and I know you've got a relationship right now. I just want you to know, here's why I think I had trouble. And if you're ever willing to come to a session with me, my psychiatrist can explain it. <laughs> and if I could ever have another shot. What, what a great pickup line. <laughs> right. If I could ever have another shot, I'd like another chance. About a month or two later, she broke up with the guy and she came to the psychiatrist and sat with me and uh, we ended up getting married. Wow. Yeah. And that was back when I was 20, say 24, we got married and uh, we weren't married for very long, but I'm now 51. And last year I just went and stayed with her and her new husband and her six-year-old child who calls me Uncle David. So a lot of beautiful stuff came out of me going back and reclaiming my emotions. That's such a cool story. Yeah, the, the reason I, uh, I felt called to ask is, you know, we obviously work with, with people and, and you uncover these amazingly powerful life moments that we've all kind of bottled up, but they've really shaped who we are and how we are. And so I love how in healing that part gave you access to receive and accept love in a whole new way, which kind of set you down this entire different path, which is just so beautiful. Yes. And I just realized hearing you say that and, and seeing it from another perspective that I think that's what, that's one thing that's given me the capacity to hold such space for my clients because I've been through that yep. because I've been through deep, dark depression and anxiety and PTSD uh, and still suffer from it. And because I've, you know, had at least one near death experience with my paraglider collapsing, I can hold space for someone going through, so far, going through anything. There's nothing they can share with me that's going to freak me out and have me run. And I don't know how to put a value on that for my own life. I, I value having that capacity in my own life. But for my clients, it means we can go anywhere. We can cover anything. Totally. It's, uh, it's really interesting. And I always ask this question. It's like, we look back at things and then we look fast forward from that event, you know, maybe five, 10, 20 years, whatever it might be. And we can all, I mean, almost everyone that I've ever spoken to looking back, you can start to see what a gift that moment, even if it was super, super traumatic, you can really start to see the gift of it down the road. Like it allowed me this, it changed my path to that. Right. And sure. I always ask, it's really funny. Cause like everyone would agree with that. And when we're in the moment, in the one that we're in today, we still have a very, very tough time in realizing, oh, this too is a gift, right? Like when we're in it, it's so difficult. And I always try to remind my clients, I'm like, look, five years from now, you're going to look at this 
and thank it with all you got. See if you can do that now. And so I just love like you, you know, it is the kind of stuff that we we work with people on. I'm sure you do the same. Yeah. I, I like that you, I like that as a technique. Like, like if you imagine five years from now, looking back, what would you likely say about this moment? It's true. It has been a gift. I, if I could go back and change it, if I had a button, I never know, you know, if I'd press it or not to roll in the dice, but I, I might change it to have my sister back. But I don't think I'd be an evangelist for personal growth. No. It wouldn't be my life to, to feel deeply if I hadn't spent the first 23 years of my life not feeling and not speaking my truth and not being daring in the personal realm. I wouldn't have come out of it so strongly. I just, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you said this great line, which is like, uh, you know, you have space, capacity to hold space for whatever someone's uh, experiencing. Yeah. I was talking to a friend and she said this beautiful thing. She said, what if we're all gods in training? And what she meant by that was, you know, like, again, whatever people's definition of God is, but like God has the capacity to hold space for all of it with no judgment and just love and adoration for all of it, right? Like, and that includes the murderers, the rapists, the, the bombers, like all of it, not just the ones who are praying every day and all that stuff, like really hold for all of it. She said, what if we're just all gods in training? And the way that you become empathetic and can hold that space for someone is that you have the experience on both sides of the coin, right? Like yeah. you killed and got killed. You this and you that. and I've read, I, I don't know if you read Journey of Souls. No. It's an awesome book. It's about like a, a soul's journey. Journey of Souls is a soul's journey. Wow, really, really original, Elon. <laughs> um, and it talks about how like we choose different lifetimes to experience different things. And so I always think, you know, when someone chose into a life where their sibling dies really young or a parent and the child, God forbid, dies, or even now what happened with Kobe and his daughter, it's like, the soul knew going in that this was going to be the life script and it chose it anyway. Can we have that capacity to see as things are unraveling? Like this is part of my experience. And the more I accept and love that, which is happening right now, obviously the lessons come faster, but you also move through these things a lot quicker. That seems to be the game. I've got a friend right now and we support each other because I, you know, I've been having a lot of physical experiences that are really hard with my health, fatigue, Mm. not sleeping. I'm amazed at how high functioning I am in terms of doing podcast interviews and serving my clients with my body doing what it does. And we support each other. And I said to her, it looks like the game we're playing, no matter who we are, is can we love what's happening right now? So not just... I agree with you, the murders, the rapists, whatever, can you have compassion for all of it, but including the experiences. And so two days ago, I'm lying in bed so sick, I can barely move. Oh, wow. And I'm hating it. And I thought, I'm going to create a podcast episode right now here in bed with me looking like this. I'm not going to talk in theory about how to enjoy being sick as a dog. I'm going to try and do it right now on camera. So I... I reached out, I managed to find my phone, I put it on, and I'm like, hey, 
I'm going to experiment right now. Nice. How do, can I enjoy being so sick? And I spent about five, 10 minutes just looking for what can I say yes to mm. in this moment? And in this moment, what can I enjoy in my body and about the day? And so that's an episode coming out. That's figured, awesome. Yeah, let's not just talk about it. Let's do it. That's because awesome. If you, can, if you can enjoy that, you could enjoy probably almost anything. Yeah. Have you, uh, I don't know if we spoke about this, but have you ever worked with uh, plant medicine, ayahuasca or anything like that? Just recently, actually, I've been taking an antidepressant for a long time mm, and I had to stop those. it. I had to stop it back in June. And so I've been off for say seven months, which has been really brutal on my system. And I did do ayahuasca about, it was about six weeks ago. And I also did two sessions of combo, which is Ooh, the Oh, that's sweat. good for the health stuff. Yeah, that's what they say. It's not, it doesn't feel it, good in the moment. It's like I know. Pure, pure suffering. It's not my medicine. I, I tried it twice too. And I was like, you know what? Combo in me is, is not, my, uh, not my jam. But, yeah. um, you know, the reason I ask is because like I've done, I think to this day, probably like 20 some odd ceremonies. And I'm, I'm more and more in awe at this ability that when you're on medicine, there's this innate undertone that's like whatever's happening to me is happening for my greatest and best. Like, like it's always there to heal me, to wow. aid me, to support me, et cetera. So like, even when you're in the world and it's like, sometimes it's like really heavy or really draining on the body physically or like very emotionally loud. I have this amazing feeling of like this medicine is doing something to heal me. And so I think it was like a year and a half ago where I kind of like really started playing with this on like normal life and, and kind of like you, I got the flu for the first time ever about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And I remember lying in bed and I was in such bad shape, but in my mind, I almost realized like, you don't know what sickness is and does to you. And sometimes like maybe that's the upgrade that you're needing. Maybe it's the, that moves you and slows you down enough so that you can perceive something else. And I think as, as soon as you kind of like relieve all this, like right now, my, I, I messed up my knee um, playing tennis about a month ago. And it's really like, it's healing in my world very slowly, right? Like in my world, it's like, it should have been healed already. Like two weeks, that's all it gets. And I'm really tuning in. The this is the longest I've been out. I'm starting to really get like, why? And looking at the deeper spiritual meanings and like finding these ways to appreciate the way my body's moving right now versus looking at why it's not moving the way I want it to move. And all of these things, I think it's, it's exactly like you said, it's can we find capacity and acceptance and love and gratitude for whatever is happening right now. And I think yeah. once you do that, it's a huge, huge lesson. Yeah, it's, I find it super hard and I'm definitely a God in training. I'm not a I God. I think we all yeah. are. <laughs> I look at people like Byron Katie, who, who wrote a book called Loving What Is, and I'm, I'm just in awe of it. And I don't think this is the right thing to do. And I don't even say it's really the spiritual thing to do. It just seems to work better. Yeah, because I've learned that the universe is bigger than me and I discovered 
you know, the hard way that I am reality's bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And that was hard for me because I I got a big ego and thinking that I'm so all this powerful. And it's like, no, reality's bigger than me. I push against it and I can't really move it. So ultimately, yeah, I'll change it if I can. But if you can't change it, the only other options you've got seem to be to resist and suffer or to try and welcome it in the moment, at least until you can change it. Yeah. And when I did do the medicine journey, the one that I did, it kicked my ass. I suffered greatly. And if there was a lesson, it was to realize that I could not welcome it. Yeah. I was not able to welcome what was happening. I was resisting and wanting it over. And so I feel like I didn't really get to the gold, you know, or the light at the end of the tunnel, but I at least see the path that, because I could see logically, what do I care? I'm lying here. I'm suffering. I'm hating it. But I know in three hours, it'll be over. Why am I even putting attention on this? Mm. But it took over my whole life, my whole world, just like, oh my God, make it stop. Yeah. The control, I always tell people, I kind of know who's going to have rough experiences because if your life is about controlling outcomes, she comes in and she goes, oh, you think you can control things. Let's have fun. And it's not fun for control people. Yeah. And they said that. They said that up front. They said, if you resist it, you'll have an interesting experience. <laughs> interesting. But the thing is, I thought I was welcoming. I was, I was breathing and I said, show me. Show me whatever you got to show me and whatever. And it helped to a point. And then the rest was, was all suffering. So, look, I really have empathy for people who have chronic back pain, they sure. have physical issues, they've got financial worries, they've got relationship worries. They've got like all sorts of worries that the ego has. I totally get it. And I'm not saying that you should become a god overnight and totally get blissed out. That'd be nice. I'm just saying it's a work in progress for me, imagining for you, Alan, as well. And we're saying, is there anything you can say yes to about what's happening? And things seem to go better when yeah. you can. And if you are going to change it, you'll probably change it, have, have a better chance of changing it from that point of view. And this gets into, I, I know this is, isn't really the topic of the day, but if you want to influence people, if you want to enroll people in something and they tell you, we're going to do plan A and you don't want to do plan A, you don't want to say to them, oh, plan A is a dumb idea. That's bad. We've got to do plan B. Because you're resisting them, and yep. so the natural impulses are going to push back. Correct. But if you can welcome them and appreciate them honestly and enjoy plan A, you got so much more chance of influencing them over to plan B. So it applies, seems to apply in a lot everywhere. of places. Yeah, yeah, really everywhere. I, I, the more work I've done on self, both from the mind and now a lot more somatic and in the body, the body's interesting because the body can't lie, right? Like the mind is tricky. So the mind has its kind of, it's going to hide here. It's going to hide there. You know, there's all these like ninja tricks that you can do and things like that. The, the body, you can't cheat. You can't lie. And so when the body receives something that it is scared by or doesn't feel safe by, it's going to naturally contract. Like it didn't matter how much 
you said to your uh, mind at the time, like, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. When you were in your ayahuasca journey and wasn't feeling safe, your body was just contracting and doing all these different things. And I find what we do is we, when we have those contractions, because we've been so programmed, first of all, we're not really attuned to it's happening, but the mind goes, oh no, that thing's happening again. And then it goes and spins off. So even with the body, the more I've started to tune in and you become like more aware of these subtle energies, when you try to make a constriction in the body go away and you go like, I want to open this up. I want to release this. Like all of that little poking and prodding and trying to make it, it just makes it more and more tense. It doesn't go like, oh, you want me to, okay, let, let me release that. It's only in the sense where we just allow for the sensation to be the sensation without adding to it. Like this is a good sensation, a bad sensation. This one needs to go away, blah, blah, blah. That's when the natural course of the body, nature, life, et cetera, kind of takes hold and it becomes a lot easier. And to your point, you know, I'm, I'm a, in training as well. There's a lot of things that are very easy to do that with. And then there's just like the strangest things that can come and just totally derail you and derail your day. And you're oh, like, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah, I can get, de- I've been training for 25 years in this stuff and I can get derailed in a second. Someone, someone says something to me or, you know, yesterday I did a training on tough conversations yeah. for staff from up to 34 countries in, in a Zoom call and I thought I rocked it. And then the uh, company, the CEO, sent me a message saying, yeah, I've got some, some feedback from people. I'm going to watch it first and then I'll send you the feedback. And I got worried. I just like my mind went, whoa. He didn't say, yeah, people said it was great. I'll send yeah. you the feedback. He said, I've got feedback. And I'm like, oh, no. Now, you know, I got back on track in about 15 seconds because I did the Byron Katie work in my head on there's negative feedback. And I was like, nah, this is all good. And what if there is negative feedback? Well, I'll learn from it. So I did all that quickly. I, I think that's the thing about being a God in training is you get quicker yeah, at getting totally. back into equilibrium and quicker at becoming a yes and quicker at enjoying what's happening. But boy, do I get, I get thrown a lot. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. It's interesting. It's like the more you do this work, it's not that things don't take you out of balance. It's your awareness as the out of balance is happening is so there where before it's like you may have noticed the thing seven days down the road and going like, wow, why am I still so upset about that thing? And then spun it. You know, now it's like you said, within seconds, you're, you're, literally watching from the outside you're going wow a part of me is really fixated on and worried about x or y i was just sharing with a uh, clients you know my wife and i uh were redoing our kitchen and for whatever reason like we picked everything out and the tiles like the floor tiles have been really really tough it's like we found one and then it was discontinued then we found another one whatever it was like this whole long story and so we finally found one and i was so excited i was like all right it's over like we're set and we drove to sign a new lease for a car for her. And I love getting new cars. Like, it's just one of those things. Every three years, like, I just love it. It doesn't matter what kind of car. Like, I love the idea of getting a new car. And we're sitting there literally signing the papers. And I opened my email on the, the order for the tile. The woman messages me. She's like, I'm sorry. 
we actually can't get you this tile. After all, we've been negotiating for two weeks. And I'm literally sitting at this place while we're signing papers at this like exciting car day. And I'm like, fuck, fuck. The, the guy, the, the, the guy's looking at me, he's like, what is like, what did I do? What's wrong? I'm like, no, the email tiles. And so the rest of the day, I'm like, I'm in the car and I'm just laughing. I'm like, fucking tiles. Fuck, like tiles, tiles derailed my day, fucking tiles. And it was this thing, my wife and I just started laughing, but I'm just saying, it's like, you're, you're watching the whole thing happen. It didn't ruin my day. It didn't like, we had a great rest. It was just really interesting to notice with that high level of awareness, the things that would normally completely derail me for days. Yeah, I like how your energy around it, like you could be really bitching about tiles and be in it, but as soon as you get awareness around it, you could laugh a little bit and go, fucking tiles. I got a friend who uses an example about uh, guys in the trenches in warfare. They could be like, man, we're getting our ass kicked. Yeah, let's kick them back. You know, there's an energy to it. I've been complaining for a while about not sleeping and, and being tired. And then someone said to me, you know, I just say to myself in the middle of the night, wow, look how tired I'm going to be tomorrow my workmates are going to hate me. And that's, that's kind of changed the energy for me. I'll start saying, like even now on in this interview, I'm looking, you know, in 20 minutes, I'm going to go and have a rest. And I love saying, wow, look how tired I am. Mm. Uh, and I'm still walking. I'm still talking. How cool is that? It's just, it's a different energy to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I sleep is one of those tricky things that really I think we, we just make ourselves wrong for not sleeping and that we should be sleeping and that we shouldn't be this or we shouldn't be that. So, well, that was fun. I, I want to I actually ask you more about the, the truth thing, but I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I know now you, you really focus on helping people have those tough conversations, both with themselves and others and things like that. So, can you just say a little bit more about that? I know one of the things we spoke about in the pre-interview with this concept of yeah. daring, which I really, really loved. Isn't it funny how certain things just find us instead of us finding them? I keep hearing these stories from you guys about how you find our podcast. And I have to tell you, it makes me so happy because at the end of the day, we're all in this journey together. And I believe that we bump into each other at just the perfect moments in life. You know what I mean? Well, if you feel that way and you're looking for a home to find more amazing seekers just like yourself, you're looking to explore new depths of reality and who you are in this world, you're looking to heal, feel self-expressed, empowered, and full of love, passion, and peace, then come check us out at The Collective because you'll laugh, you'll cry, and most of all, you'll grow and expand like never before. You see, Guy and I host two live calls every single month for this amazing community we've called The Collective. And it'll cost you less than a dollar a day. In fact, just $19 per month to be exact. So again, if you love this podcast and are getting massive value just from this, then just imagine for a second what being on a call live with Guy and I every two weeks will do for you in your life. You can come check it out, stay for as little as you want or as long as you like. There are no long-term commitments necessary. Just your commitment to yourself to learn and grow. So if you want to join us at The Collective, just head over to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and start your journey. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of not, not talking that goes on in the world. Like we talk about fluff, but there's a lot that's happening 
that goes unsaid. So for example, someone annoys you, someone throws a cigarette butt on the street. Mm. I, I live in Boulder now, so I don't see it any, I haven't seen it for years, but I used to see it a lot. It would drive me nuts. Might not say anything. How do you say something to a stranger about that? Maybe I feel a bit awkward sexually with my partner. There's something I don't like doing or there's something I want to ask for, but that's awkward. In the corporate world, maybe I screwed up and I don't really want to confess because I'm worried about consequences mm. or I broke an agreement with someone or, or I want a promotion, but I'm worried I'm going to rock the boat and get fired if I ask for it. There's just so much we're not saying and so our desires get unexpressed, yep. our annoyances and the things that we're not enjoying get unexpressed. We don't have agency. We're not stepping into our leadership role. And I think it hurts us over time. And as a kid, I wasn't taught how to speak up. Correct. I, taught, I think I just learned to sweep things under the carpet. We don't talk about awkward things. And then as I discovered personal growth and coaches, encouraged me to go and face some of those things I was afraid of, which is speaking my truth to people. They might be people that I had hurt in the past. It might be people who I resented because of something they did. I felt victimized by something. And the coaches were like, go clean it up. I said, no, no way. I'm not calling people from 20 years ago and tell them that I felt offended by something they said or did or whatever. And I know there's a school of thought that says you don't need to do that. You can just let go yourself. Well, there was amazing transformation in me Absolutely. speaking my truth, both to the, you know, I went back to the people from the past. That was so hard, but incredibly rewarding. And then people in the present, like who am I currently relating with where I don't feel great about? Like just on Saturday, I, I got upset because someone asked if they could use my house to host something and we agreed a time frame and I was feeling sick and I was like counting the minutes to four o'clock so I could have my house back. And then at four o'clock, she goes, well, we're up to time, but is, is it okay if we, we go longer? And she looked around at some people, didn't look at me, didn't ask me hmm. and, and said, okay, we'll, we'll go a bit longer. And uh, it was 50 minutes after the time we'd agreed when I walked up and I said, I'm going to need to lovingly kick you all out right now. Mm. Like I had to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people might not say anything about that. What, what we do, what's natural is we go and complain about that. Like I complain to you about it. I complain to my friends about it. But if I don't speak up with her about it, then I'm going to resent her and yes. I'm less likely to work with her in the future. Yes. I'm less likely to say yes to her in the future. She's not even going to know why. So we need to uh, step up and firstly identify those truths, which are kind of hidden. If you say to the fish, how's the water? The fish might respond, what water? Yeah. Because this fish is swimming in it. Well, we're swimming in our truths. We don't even know about cousin of mine years ago at a wedding made fun of me as he was the MC. He made a joke about me and everyone laughed at my expense. Right now I'd forgotten about that until he came to me seven years later and apologized, spoke his truth, cleaned it up. And I'm wow. like, 
I said, I'd forgotten about that. But at the time, I felt really hurt. And I bet subconsciously that was between me and him. Absolutely. So that stuff, I'm biased. Based on my experience, I believe it's better to clean it up over 90% of the time. There might be 10% of the time. Well, if it's somebody that matters to you and you care about investing that relationship, if it's someone you're not going to ever see again, yeah, maybe you're not going to invest the time, right? If you don't really care about seeing them again, but if it's someone you work with, it's a family member, it's a friend, it's someone in your community, 90% of the time I believe it's worth it to identify what you're actually, what your truth is, which isn't always easy. And then I have a four-step blueprint for people on how they can go and share it so it's way less likely to be a train wreck and it's much more likely you're going to feel more connected with the person and get the result that you want. So I want to get to that four step because that's really, really powerful. And I just want to ask beforehand, because I thought that example of the, the person in your house was just so perfect because that stuff happens all the time. Like whatever our agreement was, the agreement's broken, we have some should, da, 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 and we just kind of like eat it. We're like, it's not a big deal. You know, it's not, it's just, and we just bottle, yeah. it up, bottle it up, bottle it up. Then the inevitable volcano happens at some point because- yeah. They do that thing, which they didn't even know that there was an agreement around not doing that thing. And then it's like, boom. So That's right. They'll do it again or they'll do something else. And now they're going to have to pay for both things together. Which they didn't even know they were paying for. <laughs> That's true. A lot of the times I've, I've found that like we have unwritten rules about how people are supposed to be and how life is supposed to be. But we don't share those rules with others. And then others disappoint us because they're breaking our unwritten made up rules. And then we get really pissed. But we, if we just declared like, by the way, this is really important to me or doing this or not doing this is very important to me. And we just don't do that. So even in like the most intimate partnership relationships, you have rules, you guys listening, like you have rules about how your spouse is supposed to behave. Yep. And I promise you that they have no idea about those rules unless you've actually physically communicated because we all have different uh, ways that we perceive life. So in that moment, David, when you were sitting in that room and you had an agreement, right? And then they kind of like, they held the first part of the agreement and then just kind of like went to this other secondary agreement, uh, which left you at the moment feeling probably unheard and disrespected and all these things. And I'm sure these pieces were bubbling inside and you were probably doing that same thing that we all humans do. It's not a big deal. It's just going to be another few minutes. Like, let it go, blah, blah, blah. I'm curious to know what your, can you like map out your process of what you kind of noticed? Wow. Building up and what, what had you get to that point where you're like, you know what? Like now I'm going to take that step. Cause I think people will like, we all go through it. So I'm just curious. You have a lot more awareness. Around yeah, that. I love that. Yeah, let's slow it down. Yeah, because slow it down often like- it happens so fast and we skip over things. Yes. So firstly, I negotiated four hours because she wanted five hours. And I said, that, that's too long to have people in my house. So, so we had attention on the time container. It'll be noon till four. Then at four, when she says, uh, and I'm laying down because uh, I'm not feeling well. So I'm laying down out of view. And she says, oh, okay, if we go longer, yeah, all right, we'll go, we'll go a few minutes longer. I'm upset now. And I thought, you know what? 
I'm willing. I'm willing. I know I can speak up. That's, I was very aware of it. I have yeah. the agency. I could speak up and say, no, that's not okay with me. We said four, it's hold to that container. So I was at a choice point. I think a lot of people would have just shoved it down and just gone along with it. I decided to go along with it and address it later with her. It just, that was an issue. Yep. And then at about 20 past, I decided to leave that. Oh no. Then I decided to leave the house. It was like, I'm done. It's four o'clock. I said, I'm going to walk the dog. I'll be back in about 25 minutes. And then I'd love to sleep. I said that to her in front of everybody that I felt I was being pretty clear, wrap this up. I want to get to bed. I came back. They're still packing up. And then they took another 20 minutes. And at times I'd noticed them talking with people because they're chatting, you know, and they were, they're so excited about everything and they're sure. chatting. So I moved them along a couple of times. Can you accelerate it? Can I help? And then when it got to 50 minutes past and she's still, oh, and I started doing yoga. I thought, let me take care of myself while they're doing it. I'll go outside. I'll prepare for bed, do my yoga routine. I'm trying to take self-care. I came back in. She's chatting with someone at 50 minutes past. And I'm like, that's not okay. And I decided not to address it with her then. I didn't feel like it was the time. I just said, I'm going to need to lovingly kick you all out now. Yeah. And they seemed to really appreciate that. They, they all said, oh, of course, thank you for being so clear. And they walked outside, done. So I, I demonstrated agency in speaking up. And that wasn't easy. I, I still have a belief that she shouldn't have put me in the position of having to do that, but I've got the skills to do it. So it's yeah. not that big a deal. Now, I haven't had the conversation yet. I reached out and I said, you know what? I've been wanting to interview you for my podcast and I have some charge on an issue with you. Wouldn't that be a perfect place for us to demo the technology? Nice. It's tough conversations and we'll have a real life. I'll bring it up with you using the four-step blueprint. And we've done this before in trainings. So she, I think she'll, she'll be perfect with it and we'll get to show the world how someone can bring a real conversation not just talk about one yeah how often are you going to get to see two people actually work something out using this technology so that's how i've decided to have the conversation with her and that's the only reason i haven't had it yet is because we're going to wait for the podcast nice and i, I it's not bothering me anymore because i know that i've set the appointment to do it so my brain can let it go and then i'll share all of this and I'll use my own technology to share how I felt and the impact it had and the request that I have for going forward. If this ever happens again, I'll make a request and then I'll get, I guess I'm jumping, I'm jumping no, no, into steps. So, so let me, let me tell you the four steps. Yeah. All right. One, ask permission for the conversation. Two, share one hope and one fear. This is my hope out of the conversation. And this is what has me hesitant to bring it up. I'm worried mm -hmm. this could happen. Then you share the issue. Here's how I felt when you didn't leave the house on time. And this was the impact it had on me. And here's my request. And then the fourth step would be get curious and listen. How is it for you to hear all this? What was going through your mind? Do you have a different point of view? 
Are you willing to accept the request or do you have a better idea? You really want to get their world so it's not a tough monologue. It's a tough conversation. And we might work something out together that I haven't seen. Absolutely. I have a question for you in, in, in that scenario that you just shared with this woman. L- let me just ask this. Looking back and knowing what you know, is there anything that you would have done differently uh, if you were to do it all over again? Yeah. Like, let's say someone else wants to host at my house. I might say time containers are important to me. You know, four hours seems like a long time. And I'd like you to, I suggest that you finish at 3.30 so that you've got enough time for, because I hadn't mocked it up and she probably hadn't mocked it up that it's going to take. Oh, so this is good. One of the steps in the worksheet is how might this look from their point of view? Yes. Like step into their shoes. She might not have been thinking we're going to need time to pack up and talk and whatever. So we, if, if it's going to be four o'clock, we've got to stop at 3.30 and then get everyone involved in packing up and then go outside and chat. Yeah. So I might be clearer about that now that I've mocked up what can happen. Yeah. I just hadn't, hadn't thought about it enough in my head. And, and in the moment, like kind of like reliving that, that exact situation, is there anything that you... Oh, you're good. You know, you guys listening to this podcast, I can see why you chose this guy to listen to. (laughs) You've got a lot, a very high spiritual IQ. Thanks, man. Uh, Spiritual intelligence. What a great question. Yeah. If I could go back and relive that. Yeah, I'd say to her as early as I was aware, I want the house back as soon as possible. So can you finish early? If I've missed that, I might have said out loud in the group, hey, as I left the house, even more succinctly, hey, I'm feeling really quite ill. If you guys could finish up like in the next two minutes and then pack up in the next 25 minutes, I'd love to have an empty house when I come back. But I did want to say goodbye to people. I was imagining I'd come back, hug people, and then they'd leave. When I did come back and they were cleaning up, I could have gone to her and said, it looks like you guys are really busy cleaning up. Thank you. I want to let you know I'm on my last legs. Yeah. So if you could, is there anything I can do to assist that? Yeah. I mean, I still think I did it. Like I give myself 9.5 out of 10 for how I did it, but I can see little things. Maybe I could have been even more clear, but I still hold on to the belief that I shouldn't have had to be that clear. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to beat her about that about the head gently. And say, what the hell? You knew I was sick. You knew I was ill. We'd agreed a time container, and you're still chatting with people and extending without asking me and whatever. What what's going on with that? I think. So can I give you a, a perspective just from like yeah, please there and like and both both sides. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Like obviously knowing that she works with you and she's committed to. I'm assuming helping people in the same way that you are. Yeah. It's, and we've all been there. It's like when we give, it's very difficult when we feel like we're making an impact and all that stuff to just kind of have that, that hard stop and be like, all right, everyone get the fuck out. You know, I'm done. So 
I can always understand from a practitioner standpoint, like we always want to give more. We're like always, it's just like an innate thing to want to do that. So from her perspective, you know, like she's willing to give more time. And in that moment, you're like, okay, we're here, we're working, da, 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 da. So it's, it's easy to see like how we can get lost in that and forget those agreements. And obviously there's things that she can work on for sure about. That's good. Creating more of that container, but it's like, I know that we've both been on that side and it's like, unless they're kicking you off the stage or out of the room and you're working with people and you're in flow and it feels real good and you're okay. Cause you don't have a hard stop. You're, you're going to go. You yeah. Know? So you've brought up a good point, which is important when you're speaking your truth and particularly when you feel like someone's done something wrong, try and step into their shoes mm-hmm. and see what, you know, so you've given me another angle, you know, she's wanting she was actually receiving in this session. So she was wanting to get more and build relationships and you need some time for debrief. So I think the mistake that she probably made was not scheduling time Correct. for debrief and cleanup and planning for that. Correct. And, and I feel like in that my needs weren't honored Correct. and my request is that she have me front and center in a situation like that over and above the other needs correct and try and plan better yeah that um, i totally see that and i you know i think she's going to be great with that she'll oh. be like yeah you're totally right i should have thought of that yeah. i didn't handle that well blah 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 and that'll be it yeah it's easy i mean for her and then for you something that i saw it's like first of all so you were sick so just to like acknowledge the fact that when we're sick things tend to annoy us at a much higher level when we're tired when we're sick it's like our nerve endings are just a little more sensitive. So things, things uh, do that. But I, I, the reason I asked that question, like, what would you do differently? And I thought you were really, really beautiful in the way you analyzed it. It's like, there was an intentionality of like what you were wanting. And then the way you went about it was, wasn't like super succinct, like, Hey, I'm not feeling well. I would really appreciate if everyone was out of the house, no later than X. Like that would have been super clear and like, and you could have said the same way, like lovingly, Hey guys, I just want to time out for a second. I'm not feeling really well. And normally I would let you guys stay here until the cows come home. I'm just really needing my rest. And this is what would. That's great. You, You know what? Now that I see that, that I could have said that line, like that's what was missing being clear about if you guys could be out by this time, that would be awesome. Now that I see that, I can take responsibility for that and point that out in the conversation and that'll make it go a lot better. Yeah. If you can find what you could have done better, it takes a, a load off them. So I can say that and it gives her more room to take responsibility for like, yeah, okay, I get you could have said that, but you shouldn't have had to or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good point. Yeah. It was, it was you're good. Because you're saying these things and I'm like, you know, there was a thing that you really wanted, which you wanted them out of the house because you were you were not feeling well. Like at the end yeah, of the I day, to crash. you know, and when you're sick, you're like, everyone get the fuck out. Like I want to rest, you know, yeah. but it was funny. Like the way you went about it, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go walk the dog. Hey, I'm going to go do yoga. So it's like those same things that I, I feel like sometimes in relationships, especially I'm just going to break it down to like husband, wife or husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever we do these things like expecting the other person to kind of pick up on the cues that we're leaving and then they don't. And then we get upset 
And so, yeah, I think being like really, really clear with our language makes an absolute world of a difference. And you said it, like even when I had you replay, it's so much easier sometimes to go after and go, okay, what would I have done? How would I have uh, perceived? I mean, I got kids. I would love to tell you that I'm like the angel dad all the time who's like Zen and, you know, no, like kids have a way of getting under your skin and doing these things. I, um, I'm very upfront and open with them that I don't show up the way I always want to show up. And when I don't, I take responsibility for it. I shared with them how I would have done it differently. I shared with them what got triggered for me what I was responding to things like that. And we just have a conversation and it's, it's how we learn. So I think it's so much easier to, even if you can't do it in the moment to always use those moments as opportunities to actually learn and grow for future moments. Yeah. Agreed. I'm just noticing the time and I have to go in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I'd love for you to share, you know, where can people find out more about you telling truth and just how to work with you Thank you. You can go to the website, playforreal.life, and I have uh, two or three invitations. You can uh, subscribe to my podcast, Tough Conversations with David Wood, and listen to me as well as Alan. You can download the four-step blueprint uh, and the worksheet. It's a free download at playforreal.life. And the third thing is if something resonated for you here and you're a high-performing manager or entrepreneur, or just a high performer, you relate to that in some way, and you want to up-level both your career or business and life, then see if you qualify for a free discovery session. If you do, I don't charge for it because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term and we'll create a plan for your life and business. And if it looks like coaching could have a big impact on it, then we'll talk about what that would look like. So you can do all three of those things at playforreal.life. Yeah, I just want to point out it's not playforreallife.com, playforreal.life. Dot life, yeah. I know for some people they hear those, they're like, where does the dot com go? No, there's all no dot com. Dot life. Yeah. Uh, David, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being real and authentic. I love when people are just willing to to go and play like that. It was it was really an honor. A pleasure. Great to know you. You as well. I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon. And for everyone else, have an amazing rest of your day. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as we did delivering it. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. Now, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It is a quickly growing community with amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can absolutely guarantee that you will love that group. Also, as I mentioned earlier, if you head to satoriprime.com forward slash my Satori, you can grab that latest 90 minute mind expanding training for free. So go grab a notepad, a drink and buckle up for that one amazing ride. And until next time, have an amazing day, my friend. We look forward to personally connecting with as many of you as possible and seeing how Satori Prime can help you achieve your dreams today.